inside, bored, nothing to do but train in the way of the Jedi and commit tax fraud. Well, now you have another thing to do, listening to our pubescent voices talk about something we're well-versed in, social isolation. Welcome to Six Feet Apart, the podcast where we're actually six miles apart. I'm your host, Ian, here with your other hosts, Luke. Mehrama. Marcos. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. That was weird. And Nate. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, matey. Um, Can you guys like say hi or something normally at all? Is that possible? No. Oh, hey, Ian. Nice to nice to hear from you today. I really hi, expected Nate. you to mess that up. I really expected you to mess that intro. That was. Time, but you did it. You did Ian... And I'm really proud of you. Yes. You did a good job. We're proud. It was the best intro you've ever you've ever had. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, it typically it takes us like a couple tries each time. Shut up. <laughs> Actually, Ian always does it perfectly every single time. My bad. Why would I ever insinuate that Ian can make mistakes? Yeah, he's, he's perfect, perfect in yes, every he's way. Flawless. Exactly. Let's start out with uh, some announcements. So, first off, like just like we said in last episode, we finally got a Buy Me a Coffee account. So, if you'd like to support us, listen to the end of the episode for more information. Next is we got to 2K total listens. We did it, Yay. guys. We did it. We're at like 2.6, right? Uh, yes. And hopefully by the time this comes out, 3. 3K. I think we can do it. Also, we are moving to a loosely kept one a week, one podcast episode a week schedule. So don't be expecting two episodes a week it might sometimes it might be there but if you are expecting yeah. it you're going to be heavily disappointed about like 75 percent of the time we know we have passionate fans who really wait for that next podcast to come out they're out friday morning nine fifty nine. yes if you if you don't know our episodes come out at 10 or at least we release them at 10 and then spotify takes two years to realize that we did so calling you out spotify <laughs> Anyways, um, next announcement. That's where most of our listeners come from. Anyway. Actually, most of them come from Apple's podcasts. Um, surprisingly, really? yeah. It's like two-thirds of them are from Apple podcasts. I guess it makes sense. It's a popular, it is the superior platform. Yeah, um, it, is, it is a good, good I don't know about that one, but okay. Spotify is okay. Spotify is okay. So if it next it. final announcement is shout out to my little sister, Isa. It's her birthday tomorrow. We celebrated. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah, we celebrated it Friday and today, and probably going to do it again tomorrow. So that's fun. Happy birthday! So yeah, I got you, Isa. <laughs> um, if we're ready. Whoa! Well, no. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I just wanted Go to ahead. say we're recording this on Easter, so happy Easter, or happy Passover, maybe, or happy Sunday, uh, for you seculars. Uh, or Tuesday. It'll be Tuesday when this goes up. Um, also, happy, or sorry, Feliz Pascua to all the Spanish listeners, or Spanish-speaking listeners. So yeah, let's move on to our topic. Okay. Well, as you all know, there's like this coronavirus pandemic or whatever. I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast If you don't know about it, go outside. Or don't go out. Well, <laughs> whatever. You, <laughs> never mind. The joke went too far. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so our topic this week is about a practice that is increasingly prominent, um, especially in times of disaster and pandemic and um, limitations and supply lines and such. So countries are now stopping shipments of important medical equipment to other countries. So for example, the European Union is preventing 
shipments from the EU to go outward to other countries. The U.S. is seizing things um, at the border, preventing medical equipment from being shipped to places like Germany or Mexico or Singapore, all of these different places. Um, trade partnerships and the expectations that people have are being crushed as their important supplies are kept at home um, because countries claim that they will need them. Um, so the question that we're going to start with is, if you're in a position where you get to decide, does this medical equipment stay here in the United States or get shipped to another country, wherever that is, um, for a hospital in both places that have equal need for the supplies. So the supplies will have equal impact in those countries. How do you decide which country to send it to? Is there a right place or a wrong place? Um, so what does everyone think? Yeah. And I'd like to clarify that it's essentially the root of this question is, would you rather save American lives or lives from your country or foreign lives? Right. It's kind of a hard one. In this case, so we'll go into some more like nuanced questions about this. Um, in cases like this, my first instinct is, of course, every human is worth the exact same amount. We're all human. You know, we all have these ideas, these ideals um, of human rights for everyone and equal access and everything like that. So my instinct would be to flip a coin and literally say heads us tails other country um but i know that a lot of people would immediately say that the u.s has a commitment to their own citizens to put them first do you believe that Nate? do you believe that you have a commitment to we discussed this earlier but like how patriotic are you guys like to your own country to like to america I'd like to say personally, honestly, not very patriotic. Granted, I haven't been many other places or to many other places, but uh, personally, like, I don't find, um, I don't know, I don't find the United States as, like, grand and amazing and important as it, as it may be sold as, you know. I don't, I definitely don't have that sense of, like, undying patriotism that a lot of people think of when they hear that word but in other ways i'm completely inspired by you know the united states's role in creating freedom and you know free press free speech those those are like my passions so i'm like hey, i'm patriotic about that and in in that way i'm inspired constantly to work at it to make sure that those aren't taken away in the United States. But I'm definitely not like a U.S. comes first, U.S. is great. My cat is an American, and thus I love her. No, I'm not like that. But I do love my cat. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't consider myself to be too patriotic. But when it comes down to like saving an American life or a foreign life, Nate, would you just leave it up entirely to chance? I mean, that's what, you, in theory, or do you feel like, I, you feel like, like... I would, is right. But if I was actually in this, like if I was a public leader, a United States official, I'd, I mean... Yes, you'd, you'd have to make what's in the best interest of, of American right. citizens because that's So more broadly, You know what I'm saying? More broadly, though, I'm, I wonder if that needs to change. Like if our idea of the nation state and tribalism and stuff like that 
is wrong because it leads to situations where people aren't being equally treated around the world. Yeah. As is though, I think that it, it obviously it's, it's a pretty cool microwave. <laughs> I feel so sorry because for Ian right now. This is actually Obvious. all so that <laughs> later a food ad comes on and you guys are extra hungry. <laughs> Rip my Monday plans because I'm not going to do anything tomorrow. But, uh, same. same, Ian, because film stuff is due in a week or in less than a week. Who asked? So, um, I, you know, I was just trying to relate to you to Dang feel, you. I I care. you know, something between, a connection between us. Look at my but, face right now, Luke. Does it look like I care? Get out your binoculars and just stare at him. Okay. Continuing with the topic here. Um, so in this like very broad case, that's simple and sort of, you know, equal impact in both countries, I feel like as a public official, one would have to, you know, decide in favor of the United States. Um, so I suppose we can add a little complexity and say, if these supplies have been manufactured here and everything like that, like the previous situation, but they've already been bought and are currently starting to ship to a foreign country like they're about to leave on a ship or a plane or whatever and customs has a last chance to stop that shipment even though they're technically owed to the other country would you still make that decision to keep them in the united states um what's my role am i just a citizen making uh, i mean take it however take it personally and if you were a public official, if i was a public official do you think we could agree that like public officials, at least in the current sit, the way that they exist currently, maybe this might not be the best, like what's best for everyone, you know, you know, on earth, but like as U S public officials exist in the state that they do, wouldn't you agree that it, like it's in their job to do what's best for American citizens? I don't know. Because in this case, what you're risking is, backlash from other countries and from people around the world. I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure how much the U.S. cares about bad publicity at this point. Well, but imagine this, then those supplies are shipping to China and we rely just as much on them for medical equipment or even more than they rely on us. Well, where's the, where's it going? That's now we have to ask, like, where is it going? Right. But imagine this on a global scale. Countries start to all start to prevent shipments and then other countries are like, okay, well, we're not sending these supplies and reciprocity then. Um, so I don't know, in this case, when it's already destined for another country and they, and it's owed to them. Um, where was we, it? What, like, okay. Where's it coming from though? Like, like, is it a U.S. are these U S items? Yeah, like say 3M made them. Let's the say let's say it's it, they were yeah they were produced in the U.S. and we're like all right we can give you these masks okay we're gonna get them to you then we stop them right before they leave and we're like actually I'm sorry things got worse and we need them now right I think that's I think I mean like I'll be honest I don't know this is very similar to the situation we're seeing on the ground here in the United States now Trump officials have prevented supplies from going out and countries have decided because of that to stop to possibly for an indefinite amount of time stop certain supplies from leaving their own countries as well that's i mean that's honestly what, 
if the, if it comes to that, I mean, that's <sighs> a difficult question to answer. That was the weirdest in- I have ever heard. <laughs> that was the weirdest I've ever heard. Yeah. Hmm. In theory, one thing I think about a lot is whether making a decision or deciding to involve yourself in a situation makes you culpable. And I think we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but like if they're already destined for this country and then you stop it, you are directly deciding that those medical supplies will not be getting to that hospital wherever it's going. You know, you're, you're changing the current state of things to be something different than they were going to be. Um, so in a way, does that make you the reason that those supplies don't reach the other end and thus you, you know, are responsible for the possible deaths or. Uh, uh, so like, I guess in this scenario, you're saying like helping somebody or, or, well, I feel like not helping anybody in this scenario would be worse than deciding well, to choose one person. Oh, right. But yeah, Luke, I mean, if you're, if you have to decide, let it continue or stop it. I mean, in one case you can say, let it continue is not an action, but you're not, you're willingly making that not action. And it's just as impactful as deciding to step in. So yeah, you're just as, you know, culpable for that. Yeah. Well, it also depends on whether or not it's within your power to stop it as well. Or if it's like you'd be at risk for putting something else in harm's way for stopping it, or you have to make like a moral decision or not. But yeah, if you just don't do anything because it's like inconvenience you, then it, yeah, you're probably in the wrong. Yeah. It sort of reminds me, I've always thought of this, a friend of ours um, used to make the argument that essentially, you know, you don't not lying if, as long as you're not lying even if you're not telling all of the truth that you know that that's fine that that's not wrong or whatever and i've never quite believed that because i think that whether in knowledge or ignorance your decisions are what you're responsible for but it's something that i think a lot of people accept that they sudden you know they can just not do something as much and thus be saved from their responsibility. But... Okay, so then a third similar situation would be the foreign country needs it more. Like right now, if those supplies get there, they will have more impact. But projections are showing that your country will eventually have a significant increase in local transmission of the coronavirus and will need those supplies however long down the line. Does that change the decision you make as a public leader? Okay, well, let's say real quick, did you ever like come to a conclusion of like whether or not as a public official, Nate, you would stop the supplies? Um, I think, you know, in the first case where it, you know, it can go either way, it wasn't necessarily destined for another country beforehand. You know, we're just making a decision here or there. I think a public official would have to say here, or, I mean, they could get around it and say, you know, split the supplies or whatever. I know, I know this sounds bad to say, but if, if I like vote in a guy who 
I expect to like look after me and, you know, my family and my, you know, my fellow Americans, people that also voted him in. And then he doesn't do something about like stopping supplies that we desperately need. And it's like, well, we already we already made a verbal agreement to let him go over there, you know, and it would affect trade down the line. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, are you seriously? Like, you're but not going to help kind us of your out problem. at this point. I mean, you elected him with one thing in mind, but you could have elected him willingly. Exactly. Yeah, willingly I'd be I'd be upset that he might sacrifice you for other humans. Well, that's the that's, that's the, right. the the plight of politicians, right there, Nate. <laughs> well, but also we all know that politicians think about themselves before their constituents. Exactly. They, yeah. They, so, obviously, I mean, what, what politician in their right mind would make a selfless decision here, Nate? Obviously, this is None. this is just yeah, all, this is all theoretical. <laughs> None of this would actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. When, once it gets to the intricacies of like stopping a shipment and then possibly disrupting international trade on a broader level. I think it's much more nuanced. And I mean, the Trump administration is being criticized for stopping those because yes, it might help us now, but I mean, isn't, isn't like his highlighted trademark to make other countries mad and ruin relationships. So, you know, yeah, I don't know what we expect at this point from that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> People are like, oh, wow, he really, he really made that prime minister mad. Be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's <laughs> another Tuesday for him at this point. Um, a random news slip because I'm sure I'll forget in our news section later. Boris Johnson is out of the hospital, though he's not. He is no he's longer in, hospitalized. Yes, he's, he's not back he's to work, but he's no longer. He's the prime minister of uh, United Kingdom, UK. Mm-hmm. Our great ally, Ian. So. In a lot of ways, we can find parallels for this project. You know, we've been talking about, talking about the overall question. Does a country have a greater responsibility to its own citizens or humanity overall or each individual human? So, I mean, if, if you have a decision as a leader, you either do A and your country is destroyed, but you're saving the world, or the world other than your country is destroyed, but you're saving your people do we expect, I mean, that's, it's such a drastic situation. I feel like some people would be willing to say, no, sacrifice our country for the entire world. Yeah. You know, almost in a way, the, the wider the scale goes, you start to see at least some selflessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Cause I feel like the, essentially like, I don't know. It's, it, it depends on the person and like what what their office is, obviously. And there's there's like tons of details that could go into this decision, but it really comes down to like, would you like how much do you value the lives of a of like of a person of an, an individual from a specific place, whether that place is familiar to you or not? Tribalism on a human history scale. I mean, it's sort of interesting. And I have questions whether it still should have the impact it does now. Like, you know, we, we've created these communities throughout history in order to survive, whether it's like a strong family unit or a um, tribe or a country or, you know, deciding to serve a monarch because overall they'll protect you. Um, but does is that still reasonable? Is that still a reasonable instinct when we have the technology we do today, you know, medicine, 
information that can literally go across the globe in less than a second. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of people view um, their nation, a lot of Americans in particular, sort of view it as like a, this, this sounds weirder when I say this, but an extended family almost mm-hmm. like they, it's sort of, you know, they're patriotic and for good reason they're, you know, they're, they, maybe not for good reason. <laughs> they value America and Americans quite a bit. It's, it's like a sort of, it's like a sense of community from it. Yeah. They have good intentions. And whatever you say, there is, there is value in having a sense of community. You know, like there, I, I, I believe that, like, I firmly believe that, but does that require us to then make decisions which hurt others? Like, is that when, com- should community go that far or can we still have a sense of community? Well, let's, I mean, let's say that the, the, the odds are equal, like, like someone from another nation would die or you'd save an American. Like, well, what would you, how would you, I, I, determine that would you would you flip a coin nate let's say you couldn't flip a coin let's say you had you couldn't choose random like you had to choose do we know anything about the people at all no just no. there's an american oh, like this person anonymous. just tells you you have an american and a foreigner i'd say american and then kill myself yeah. and then it would be complete what interesting <laughs> there's the american <laughs> You'd sacrifice yourself so you wouldn't have to make a decision over somebody else dying? Yeah. In that situation, I'd rather sacrifice myself. I could not live making a decision like that. I could live with a coin. Yeah. But I couldn't live with a speaking one aloud just based on whatever my mind is doing in that little moment. The coin isn't really you, though, is it? It's not you. Yeah. What I'd want to do... It's not, it's not you making a decision at all. It's just sort of you just putting it on to something else to make that decision. What I, right. what I think, what I'd like to do is uh, no matter which one I choose, I want to know who those people are afterwards. Um, well, I'm saying like, so say I save somebody, I want to go meet them and I want to like, wh- why? Don't get that to, doesn't influence my choice at all to. though. I'm just saying well, no matter what my like, choice was, I'd like to meet them afterwards to, to dictate whether or not I made the right choice. Well, I don't know if I would want to decide whether I made the right choice, but I would like to, you know, like if I caused the death of someone in that way, then know their family, you know, make tribute in a way to who that person was. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to meet both sides after the choice has been made and there's no way to go back. What would you choose, Marcus? I don't know. It's a hard decision because I, like, I, I... I don't know if I'd say I'd like the United States, but I like the people within it or most of the people within them. Um, well, yeah, you have to distinguish. Yeah. distinguish between and I don't know, like, its people and its policies. With my few, like, uh, times outside of the country, I don't know where, like, I don't know. It's just, it's strange because it's a lot broader of a group of people, you know, like outside of the country. So you can't make a generalization towards anyone outside of the United States, because like in the United States, you could say like, Oh, well, they're an American or whatever. They they're here. 
but like if they're outside of society, so you can't say like, oh, well, it's this specific, like it's a German person or it's a Chinese person or it's an African, like it's, and so I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult for me to. Oh, I'm trying to keep it fair to, cause yeah. you, once you do that, then you're like, well, you have to start, you start valuing the countries more versus one another. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it simple. Like if you were British, it wouldn't be any different. I'd just be like, all right, you're, let's, you're a British person or a foreign person. Yeah, I, no, I I understand, and that's that's just, why for me it's difficult for to say like I love the people in the United States, right? And I I also don't like I have yeah. very few interactions with people outside of the United States, and those few interactions that I have are like very specific to like Spain, right? So essentially, am I going to generalize all of those? Whether the the person outside of the United States is worth my worth living because of my um, interactions with the Spanish people, even though they may not even have, they may, may not even be Spanish, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Or do I sort of interesting? I was just thinking while you were talking, like if I was given specific qu questions, like if I was given a Russian or an American, my natural instinct is to say, Russia's our enemy. <laughs> Go for the American. Yeah. And I think that's like all of our, even though I don't really believe that in any sense, like the attitude that the United States has towards Russia, China, those classic like foes that we have sort of makes me think of those people as less inviting or less, you know, that image you see of like a wonderful, nice person with a job and a family, like you don't see that as much thinking of a Russian person as you do as an American person, at least in mine. Yeah. I think mind. part of it too is that um, like I'd say like I, I have the same, the same thing, but it's just with different countries. Like for me, instead of saying like, oh, China is the enemy or whatever, like I, I, for me, it's Britain. I just, I don't like, I don't know what it is. I just, the, the small amount of history I've listened, lessons I've had, I've just ingrained in my brain that Britain is the enemy. He's still, he's still salty about the whole like, colonies being controlled okay what okay. what what nasa made, made sense because there is there is a u.s propaganda for you know like making china and russia as, as out to be like these yeah. nefarious states you know but it doesn't really make sense because people in there are you know just just like us they're just average people you know but martin nate no nah, I, mean, I just don't <laughs> i just don't like britain what are you talking about is what i'm saying no there's why Marcus, do you think it's because of the history? That's we... part of it. I also, I just, really think there's I a lot of you're saying. like famous people from well, Britain, U.S. history goes is pretty bad too. Every okay, here's the thing. I tell this people to people a lot, and I've talked to you this about this this same topic to you, Marcus. Every country in the world has horrible history. Not one is exempt oh, from having yeah. really messed up history. It's all terrible, all of it. Not one country. You, you give me one country, and I'll be like, all right, I'll name it, and then I'll like. Every yeah. country has committed atrocities. Yeah, and I, I agree. It's just my my um, I don't know. I just have this. Yeah, I have this bias, bias against Britain. Um, maybe it's because I'm, oh my god, maybe it's because I, their <laughs> rugby team is actual trash, um, or because mm -hmm. their soccer teams are just a bunch of stuck up individuals. Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> they brought a lot of great and terrible things into the world. Oh, it's so not it's political not, not at so all. It's literally just like it's no. Yeah, I just don't like, like don't like British. People. I just don't, just don't like, like the, the some of the things so. they've done. Like 
like modern things they've done. So it's just it's like I don't like the the famous people I don't like just so happen to be British, you know. Are there any countries that you you don't like or, or not not don't like per se because that makes it sound you know bad, but like that annoy you, Nate, at all? I mean, I guess that changes all the time depending on what I'm reading. Um, it's really more. I'm definitely more of a. I dislike certain politics and policy decisions that I read about, and therefore start to get a distaste for the country overall. Like. I don't know. It, it really depends. Like Egypt, for example, just as a random country. I love the history and like I have wonderful associations of like what it would be like to be there or whatever. But then mm-hmm. I cannot help thinking about free expression and free speech and crackdowns by the government and, you know, totalitarianism and all of this different stuff. And so, yeah, I don't really hate anybody. It's like trying to, me, yeah. me and Ian can attest to, to this. Uh, Ian, you would like to chime in with this conversation with me if you want, if you're still awake at this point. Um, I'll think about it. Says from like the other side of the room. <laughs> but um, we, you know, for those of you that don't know, me and Ian have been taking Chinese for um, close to seven years now, or past seven years at this point. And we've, I've been to China twice on exchange programs, and Ian has uh, been with me the second time. And it was, um, it was an amazing experience. We both, you know, loved it. We got to be hosted by these, these wonderful families. And, you know, we really got ingrained with the culture. And, I, you know, I miss it every day. I think about it all the time. And I'm definitely planning on going back. Get to the point already, Luke. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know what? You know what? You know what? You're I so want to finish boring. My point. <laughs> you can finish it. <laughs> Luke's like, Ian, finish my point for me. Yeah. Anyways, um, do we want to do we want to call this discussion good for now, and let's move on to news? I like how Ian, I like yeah. how Ian doesn't contribute the whole time, and then it's like, you know what? You're really not you're not moving at the pace that I want. All right. So, um, Ian, Ian's quiet for thirty minutes, and then he's like, you know what? I don't I don't like the way this is going. Luke, you're just really bo- you're a boring person. You're then not, speak no, up and kidding. say something. I'm joking. No, I'm say joking. something then. God, contribute to the conversation. Okay, so I didn't no, like move on to news. Right. So, um, <laughs> I was trying to make a conversation for you, and then you shut it down. That was for you, what? Ian. No, I was going to let you talk about. You were it. talking the whole yes. time. It wasn't for me. I was. I was. I literally asked if you wanted to talk, and you didn't want to talk. Dear what? listener, what are you? If you're listening about? to this, it means Ian did not cut it out. But we hope he did. <laughs> And otherwise, we do apologize, because now we're moving on to our news section where we talk about the latest happenings, the most important information of the day. For example, we may all mourn because Bernie Sanders had to drop out of the Democratic primary race. Our Lord and Savior. And don't worry, my Bernie sign is still in the window, but... It's very. Sad. I don't know how long that's going to last. Your mom wants to take it down, doesn't she? <laughs> yes, she does. But I said no. Um, but anyway, yes, Bernie Sanders did did drop out after um, his campaign had basically taken a shift to just encouraging people to donate to coronavirus, different causes. I mean, from the very beginning, his campaign basically switched from a campaign to a public relations effort to get people. Um, on top of this pandemic. So I'm proud of that. Um, But I'm very sad that circumstances led to this. Um, So the presumptive nominee is now Joe Biden. 
the former vice president. Um, Dang. Um, in other news, school has started for us. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. How's everybody's school fun. going so far? I have literally like four films that I have to make before this fight. Dang. Are you the only person here with actual work to do? Mm-hmm. Um, no, because, well, unless I decide to do Chinese work or not, <laughs> but nice. Um, yeah. also happy Passover and Easter and everything that comes along with it. Happy, happy, happy days. Again. I mean, I mean yeah. Yes. For, it's sort of interesting. My family is doing a oh. double celebration because I'm Eastern Orthodox and we don't celebrate Easter until next week. And we call it Pascha, yeah. similar to the Pascha. Spanish word, but, um, yeah, it's from the Greek, but it's it's in the most somber and unusual holiday spring holiday season i'm sure we have ever seen yeah <laughs> i don't even know how to express it it's so weird it's the no one's out no you know my experience has always been at church with you know easter eggs and children running around and baskets and flowers and bunnies and celebrations <laughs> and yeah, none of that's here definitely this year. one of the like big things that i've kind of just realized that i'm kind of like i'm just missing out in terms of events you know because yeah. f- with me for my family we go to like um like one of my uh like extended family's houses and we do like a huge egg hunt and all like all sorts of things right but now it was just essentially mm-hmm. just limited to an online uh, like church service and it just it felt yeah. really kind of, it felt defeating for me at least where it's like this is this is like this is what it is now you know um oh well this is this is the daily plight of the coronavirus yeah. impacted human um also another thing nate i know you had brought this up so i don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about this but voting access like vote by mail and stuff like that that idea um, right um especially now there's a big push um especially um among the democratic party and stuff to get um voting by mail to be accepted and standard across the country um but there's a lot of resistance from this, um, especially coming from the Republican Party. There are, you know, concerns being brought up about fraud or corruption, um, which personally I think are um, completely exaggerated and won't have an impact. But I mean, if we're going into one of the most important elections, I think that a lot of people will value not only because it's a, you know, the presidential election, but also because of the characters on the yeah. stage this time. Um, you know, Trump has caused, whether we like it or not, a ton of activity politically. Um, and I think that a lot of people were hoping to be able to, you know, place their ballot in the box on or in November. So if that's not possible, if the coronavirus keeps people from coming to vote shouldn't we allow yeah. voting by mail i think it kind of is like something that's kind of discussion of uh, it it will heavily heavily influence who gets elected 
Um, so I think like, I think if yeah. it, it might, personally, I believe that if it does get passed along, that there's a better chance uh, that a democratic president is elected. And if it doesn't, then there's a better chance that um, Trump stays in office. And so that's why I think like, right. I think that's why that's the main, like, that's that's the main reason there's fight back against it so yeah which is understandable i mean i I think we can understand that a political party wants to keep their people in power but when it comes to something as simple as access to voting or you know this is something we see every single election cycle whether it's redrawing district lines or you know adding id restrictions we're continuing to see it and it's definitely not a good thing yeah, for I democracy. Um, anyways, that I think is the end of our news section. Um, let's move on to something that you guys may have thought we missed or forgot to record, but it's our hobby updates. We're moving it to the closer to the end now so that you can get more of the main topic. But yeah, so let's talk about what, what have we been doing at home to uh, keep ourselves busy um, I know I personally have finally gotten, been able to get back out on my electric skateboard. I've been riding that like twice, two to three times a day. Um, I've been doing it with my dogs, which is a lot of fun. Um, the young one strider specifically, uh, it's so funny cause Vishla's, which are the type of dogs I have, um, are like long distance running dogs and strider. Who's just a puppy he uh, he gets it, like exhausted with like just one round with the electric skateboard just around the park um, because I just straight up sprint the entire time or make him sprint the entire time because I'm not doing any work. Um, and it's great because whenever we want to do like calls like this or for like school or work or anything like that, um, I just do that for like do a five minute lap real quick, come back and he's like asleep for an hour. It's great. Um, um, another thing I've been doing is I've been working out with Isa, um, just to stay in shape, you know, um, we did last Sunday, we did a, uh, it was 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, 100 squats, and 100 crunches. And I was sore, uh, like essentially up until Thursday. So yeah. What have you guys been doing? I have a big puzzle. My family has brought out a big puzzle. And we are doing it. And when I say me, I've put like one piece together while no one else was looking. So it's not really me. It's me just looking at them doing the puzzles. Nice. But, and then I go on and read a masterpiece, 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami, a book. Um, so this is really where I'm spending my time. Um, it's the real puzzle because his writing is always fantastical and um I don't know, it all starts to just come together in some super unusual and unexpected way. And this book is like a thousand plus pages and I'm 600 or so into it right now. And I'm just, I don't know, it's obs- it pulls you in and then does not let you go at all. Um, and then I've been doing the usual computer stuff. Today I worked all day on our newspaper website. Oh, talking so. about that, I've started to learn how to code, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so far, really? the farthest I've done is a print-like thing, like a, just a basic in Python. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, 
Yep. In Python. With some like math formulas. And yeah, that's essentially it. That's cool. Yeah. So I. Now we're going to be talking. About <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I, I, my mom was supposed to be proctoring me for the um, national Spanish exam, and I, I wrote out a little like thing, like that was around the time where I just started learning, and I did a little print like thing where it said uh, in Spanish, it was like, "Hey, I'm going to start the test now." Okay, bye, <laughs> and that was it. It was like <laughs> the simplest thing. Uh, it was yeah. It's quite fun, but I've been playing Minecraft. Um, I've also oh. been playing Club Penguin. Yeah, whoa, um, diversifying. Yeah, that's new. How how's that going? Tell us about that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm playing it right now. I'm in the gold mine, digging for gold with my golden puffle. Lots of gold going on. Nice. Um, what about you, Luke? Well, I haven't done a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I finished Ozark season three, which is a really good show, and you guys should watch. Other than that, have you just been binging Ozark <laughs> season three? Um, you could say that I watched it in a couple of days. It took me a while. It was, I didn't just binge it immediately, but it took me a while. But I've uh, I've also been going for drives every night. I'll go and drive around Tulsa somewhere, and recently I went to uh, Lynn Lake Reservoir, which is really far east it's like it hmm. it's where 21st street ends yeah. and it's just this big reservoir lake thing and people are walking around the edge of it you know and i get up there and it's just me yeah, it, it was quiet night and oh my god there were bugs everywhere like i couldn't walk like five feet and not get like a bunch of bugs on me it was disgusting it was a horrible experience and i would never go back there I don't understand. There were so many people. It was like it was like a park for them they were like walking their dog and like having a good time while i was just getting like eaten up by bugs i don't it's right. a horrible experience. I guess if that's what they do for entertainment out there, though. So. <laughs> Tasty. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's the end of this. Ian, don't put this ending in because I still have another section to add after later when I record it. I will probably keep it in just because it's funny. <laughs> I will purposely cut this out in post. Cool. Go ahead, Marcos. Um, okay, watch me. <laughs> See ya. Hello, everyone. Before we mention this week's challenge, I want to tell you guys a little bit about buymeacoffee.com. It's the best way you can support us. You can either become a member to get exclusive episodes or just donate to us and be able to recommend topics for future Six Feet Apart episodes. Check us out at buymeacoffee.com slash Six Feet Apart. Now for this week's challenge. Hopefully you've kept up with your reading, but this week's challenge is to exercise. We want to make sure everyone is making the most of this time given to us to improve themselves, not just mentally, but physically as well. Try your best to sweat at least once per day. You can schedule a time every day, or you can make it into a game like my little sister and I have. We play this game called The Game of Life, which we got from the YouTube channel Corridor Digital, where every time you say the word mine and another player catches you, you must do 10 push-ups. And if you want to leave the room and go into another room before finishing your push-ups, that's an additional 10 push-ups. It's a lot of fun, and you should try it out or any other method you might find that will get you to exercise. Have fun, and I'll see you later for next week's challenge.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at apart underscore six, or you can support us at buymeacoffee.com slash six feet apart, where you can donate to us or become a member for $5 a month to get exclusive rewards. Lastly, thanks to Ian, Luke, and Nate for co-hosting this podcast. Special thank you to Ian for editing this episode, and thanks to you for listening to this episode. Remember to always stay six feet apart. I'll see you next time.